In January 2005, I traveled to Elqui Valley, Chile with my girlfriend, and we ended up in the last city, Alcahuas, where we set up our tent to relax for a couple of days. The place was deserted except for the camping owner, which was fine for me, but my girlfriend felt scared at night for no apparent reason. After two or three days, we decided to pack up and head back to the city. We went to talk to the manager about how to take the bus, and he offered to take us since the bus schedule was at 5 a.m. The next day, we woke up at 7 a.m., had breakfast, and started packing our things. Since the morning was cold, I put on a shirt and a soft shell, and my sunglasses were hanging on the shirt. After closing the soft shell, we walked to the manager's office, and while waiting, I took off my soft shell and realized my sunglasses were missing. We searched everywhere but couldn't find them. After nearly an hour, we gave up and decided to move on. About a month later, I had a vivid dream where I reenacted picking up the backpack, but in the dream, we weren't alone. A tall guy, nearly six feet, with white skin, blonde hair, and wearing gray clothes, appeared and offered me his hand. I was so scared that I woke up and told my girlfriend about the dream, and she was also scared. We never talked about this experience again, but it bugs me to this day. I've always loved hunting, and it's been a part of my life since I was 12 years old. My dad and I had an archery lease in the Texas Hill Country, and we'd spend countless hours scouting the land and tracking game. It was always a thrilling experience, being out there in nature, surrounded by the sounds and smells of the wild. But even with all my experience, there were times when I'd see things in the dark that would give me the creeps. Walking to and from my stand, which was about 1.5 miles from our camp, I'd hear strange noises and feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. But as time went on, I guess I got comfortable enough to not use a flashlight anymore. I mean, who needs one when it's a full moon, right? One night, as I was making my way back to camp, I nearly stepped on what I thought was a cow pie in the middle of the road. But as I was about to step over it, I noticed it was moving. At first, I thought it might have been some sort of rodent, but as I got closer, I realized it was a coiled-up western diamondback. The rattling sound it made was deafening, and it was clear that I had come way too close for comfort. I froze in my tracks, unsure of what to do next. The snake was clearly agitated, and I knew that any sudden movement on my part could set it off. I slowly backed away, trying to make as little noise as possible, but the snake continued to rattle and coil itself up. It was a tense moment, and I couldn't help but feel a sense of fear creeping up inside of me. After what felt like an eternity, I finally managed to get far enough away from the snake to make a run for it. I sprinted the rest of the way back to camp, my heart pounding in my chest. My dad was waiting for me, and he could tell something was wrong. I told him about the encounter with the snake, and he shook his head in disbelief. We both knew that it could have been a lot worse. If I had stepped on the snake, it could have easily bitten me, and with no medical help around for miles, I could have been in serious trouble. It was a wake-up call for me, a reminder that even though I was experienced in the ways of the wild, there were still dangers out there that I needed to be wary of. From that day on, I made sure to always carry a flashlight with me, 
even on full moon nights. I learned that sometimes it's better to err on the side of caution, and that being prepared for anything is key when you're out in the wilderness. But despite the dangers, I knew that I couldn't give up hunting. It was too much a part of who I was, and I loved the thrill of the chase too much to ever give it up. I was bow hunting and had parked myself between two deer trails, each running alongside a clear cut. I was dead center with 25 yards between me and each trail. I faced west into the wind at about dusk. There was usually a lot of deer in the area, but on that evening it seemed very quiet. Just as it became too dark to see my aiming sights, I heard crunching footsteps coming from directly behind me. At the time I thought it might be a buck in rut. The animal seemed to be following my scent directly to where I was hidden in some blackberry bushes. A cover scent had been applied to my clothes and boots using pine needles that were blended with water. My clothes were soaked in the solution and dried very effective. For deer anyway. This animal walked right up to the clearing behind me. I had plenty of time to turn around to situate myself for a clear shot. I raised my bow and it came into view 25 yards away and stopped. It seemed no exactly where I was sitting. We were staring at each other from a distance of about 75 feet for about a full minute. The Bigfoot slowly swayed back and forth a few inches from side to side. I estimated it to be about seven half tall and maybe 600 pounds plus. I never pulled back on the bow and the Bigfoot eventually just turned around and walked in the same direction it came from. Because of the thick leaves on the ground, no tracks were found the next day when I returned to look around. This animal was black in color and its shoulders were approximately four feet wide. Since this incident happened, I've brought up this subject with many people in this area and I am surprised at how many have had, or know someone who has had, experiences in this county. If you're ever in the area, look me up and we can take a trip into the Cascades here behind my home. Not 100% on the story and running off of very little information, but here it goes. Friend has been seeing, hearing things lately. She lives in an older apartment building and the other day she thought her dog was sitting in the kennel. Her dog then walked up beside her in the kitchen, so she quickly glanced over and saw a small humanoid black creature crouching in her dog's cage. Best way to describe it without showing it is sitting as a bullfrog would. Leading up to this, she has been seeing things out of her peripherals. Small black figures moving away from her field of vision. This happened quite a few times. The other day she had a seizure in the middle of a store. Ever since then the sightings have gotten worse. She was at work the other day and caught a glimpse of the same creature crouching outside her building. She looked away to set something down and turned back to get a better look. When she saw it again, it was standing there looking at her. She said it was approximately five, six feet tall standing. Leaving work, she felt like she was being followed. She looked behind her and saw this creature again, and it was following her. A police officer patrols the parking lot and asked if she was okay because he saw how visibly shaken she was. He never saw anyone following her. A few days later, she went to use a shower. As she was getting out, someone knocked on the door. She does have a roommate, but her roommate knew she was using the shower for a moment. 
As she approached the door, the rap sped up until she grabbed the handle to open it, and it stopped. She confronted her roommate, and she acted like she had no idea what happened. That is the gist of what has been going on. She has had a few other things happen such as LED string lights ripped down and slung across the opposite side of the room or her Virgin Mary necklace ripped off, while sleeping broken by the chain knot clasps and laid out on the bed. It was laid out in a way that looked intentional. Any idea what this could be? Looked at several things but nothing seems to fit the bill exactly. She said it was the same creature every time. She said she couldn't make out too many details about its physical characteristics, but she did say it was black, about human height, humanoid. When it crouched it resembled a human crouching, but when it was standing she had a hard time making out its arms and legs. Any help is appreciated. Fought your information she has seen a doctor in regards to the seizure. Trying to rule out any kind of mental disorder, disease but would like to see if anything jumps out to y'all. My 11-year-old grandson, who is not known to lie, was at the bus stop waiting to go to school last week. I was on the phone with him, and I heard him gasp, and I asked what was wrong. I assumed a stray or someone's dog because people don't keep their dogs in check here, unfortunately. He said he saw a tall, dark figure run into the woods. Then his bus came, and he said he had to go. I questioned him when he got home, and he said the figure was abnormally tall taller than anyone he'd ever seen. Very thin and wearing all black. He said it had no face that he could tell that the face was all black too. I asked him if he was scared, and he said it didn't scare him but more shocked him as it wasn't anything he'd ever seen before. I let it go at that and didn't bring it up again for fear of scaring him. Any idea what it could have been? We live in the country, so now I'm a little nervous myself. Edit. Thank you everyone for your feedback and sharing your stories. I think Shadow Figure might be the best description so far. Yes, I wish he'd thought fast enough to snap a picture, but he said it moved unusually fast and then disappeared. In the heart of the Appalachian Trails, I embarked on a solo hiking trip, seeking solitude and connection with nature. The sun began its descent, casting long shadows through the dense forest. As I ventured deeper into the wilderness, an eerie feeling of isolation started to creep upon me. Suddenly, the tranquil surroundings turned into a nightmare as my eyes fell upon an unimaginable sight. Three mysterious creatures stood before me. The largest one, around seven to eight feet tall, was covered in a light beige-colored fur. Its massive frame obscured my view of the front of its hands, the bottoms of its feet, and even its eyes. It seemed preoccupied, reaching for something about fifteen feet off the ground. To my terror, just ten feet away stood a smaller version of the creature, approximately three feet high. It resembled the larger one, covered in hair except for the front of its hands, the soles of its feet, and around its eyes. The little one was a darker beige color, with hair that reached up to four inches in length. My heart pounded in my chest as I tried to comprehend the enigmatic scene unfolding before my eyes. Fear overwhelmed me, but curiosity kept me rooted to the spot. I watched as the smaller creature bent over and picked up a stick, 
attempting to put it in its mouth. As I held my breath, the creature's sharp senses seemed to detect my presence. In an instant, they turned their attention towards me, and my heart sank as low growls escaped their throats. Panic surged through me, and I knew I had to escape before they got any closer. Without a moment's hesitation, I turned and ran as fast as my legs could carry me. The forest blurred around me, and I didn't dare look back. My mind raced, trying to make sense of what I had just witnessed. Were these creatures real, or had the isolation of the trails played tricks on my mind? I ran for what felt like an eternity, my fear fueling every step. Eventually, I stumbled upon a ranger station, and I rushed inside, gasping for breath and trying to compose myself. I recounted the nightmarish encounter to the ranger, but instead of sympathy or concern, he broke into mocking laughter. Bigfoot, ha, huh, he said, his tone dripping with disbelief. You hikers always come up with the craziest stories. His lack of belief only heightened my sense of unease. I knew what I had seen was real, but with no one willing to believe me, doubts crept into my mind. Was I losing my sanity, or had I truly stumbled upon something beyond the realm of human understanding? I had just finished up a long day of studying at the university library and was finally back home, ready to catch some rest. As I was getting into my bed, I heard something strange outside my house. At first, I thought it was just a group of teenagers partying down the street, but the sounds were too bizarre for that. I peered through my window and saw nothing but darkness, but the sounds continued and they seemed to be getting closer. I grabbed a flashlight and stepped outside to investigate. As I walked down the driveway, I could hear the singing, gibberish talking, and laughter more clearly. It was coming from the nearby forest, and it sounded like it was moving further away from me as I approached. I'm a wildlife major, so I know the sounds of the local animals, and this wasn't any of them. It sounded more like some kind of gathering or party, but I couldn't see anything through the thick trees. I walked deeper into the woods, the sounds getting louder and clearer with every step. It was like they were drawing me in. But the closer I got, the further away they seemed to be. It was like some kind of strange game. After what felt like hours of chasing the sounds, I realized that I had no idea where I was. The trees looked different, and the path I had taken seemed to have disappeared. Suddenly, the sounds stopped, and there was an eerie silence. I tried to turn back towards my house, but I couldn't find my way. I was lost in the dark with no sense of direction. And then I saw something moving in the distance. It was a figure, a silhouette against the trees. It was dancing, twirling around in circles and laughing in that strange gibberish language. I called out, asking for help, but the figure just kept dancing. It was like it didn't even hear me. It was almost as if it was taunting me playing some kind of game. I stumbled backwards, trying to get away from the strange figure, but I couldn't. It was like I was trapped in some kind of nightmare. Finally, I fell backwards and hit my head on a rock. I must have blacked out because when I woke up, I was back in my bed. I couldn't remember anything after hitting my head. But when I went through the pictures on my phone, I found several of myself sleeping inside my tent 
and they were taken on the night of the strange sounds. I still have no idea what happened to me that night, but I know one thing for sure, I won't be venturing into the woods again anytime soon. I remember that night vividly, even though I was asleep in the back seat of the car. My parents had woken me up in the middle of the night, telling me that we were going to drive out to a nearby field to look at the stars. I had protested at first, wanting to stay in bed and sleep, but my parents had insisted, saying that it was a rare opportunity to see the night sky in all its glory. We drove out to the field, and my parents set up some chairs and a blanket while I dozed off in the car. I remember waking up briefly and seeing the vast expanse of the sky above me, filled with more stars than I had ever seen before. I was mesmerized for a few seconds, but quickly fell back asleep, feeling safe and secure in the warmth of the car. It wasn't until the next morning that my parents told me what had happened while I was sleeping. They said that while they were gazing up at the sky, they saw something strange. At first, they thought it was a shooting star, but as it got closer, they realized that it was something else entirely. They described it as a bright, glowing object that hovered silently in the sky for a few seconds, then suddenly shot away at incredible speed. They were both stunned and a little frightened by what they had seen, but they didn't want to wake me up and scare me too. But that wasn't the end of the strange occurrences that night. As they were getting ready to leave the field and head back to the house, the car lights suddenly turned on and the doors unlocked themselves. My parents were taken aback by this and hesitated for a few moments before coming over to check on me. To their relief, I was still sound asleep in the back seat, completely unaware of the strange events that had unfolded around me. My parents quickly got into the car and drove back to the house, where they spent the rest of the night discussing what they had seen. It wasn't until years later that I realized just how strange and inexplicable that night had been. Even now, I can't explain what my parents saw or why the car acted so strangely. But I do know one thing for sure. That night, something mysterious and otherworldly happened, and it left a lasting impression on all of us who were there to witness it. I grew up in northern Ontario, and there's a story I remember when me and my cousin were out one night on our grandparents' tobacco farm. He was practicing driving as he had just turned 16 in his parents' pickup truck. Anyways, we were on a dirt road near the woods. It was very bumpy. I was looking out the passenger when, when I felt him slam on the brakes. That's when I saw it. It looked like a deer, but was a bit larger and so skinny that you could see its ribs. It was all white, and you could see through the high beams that its eyes were a glaring red like when you take a photo of someone with flash. It stood there and just stared at the truck. My cousin tried honking his horn, but it didn't move it just kept staring at us. Eventually, he tried to reverse out of the steep dirt path without making us fall into the gully. I looked through the rearview mirror as we drove away, and it still had its eyes locked on the truck. As we got further away and up that damn hill, I heard a shriek like I've never heard before. I'm not saying it came from the deer, but it was something I can't even explain. Almost like a bull, if that makes any sense. Needless to say, we got the hell out of there, and my cousin almost wrecked his tailgate, hitting a pothole in the path. 
I don't know what it was. I would say an albino deer because it had antlers, but it was just so creepy looking. Like an albino deer with glaring red eyes, looked like it hadn't eaten in weeks and had an almost mangy posture and face. Not really scary, but creepy to me. I was looking out my bedroom window across my backyard with a backdrop of a forest. I had a rabbit cage at the border of the forest adjacent to our work shed, roughly 40 feet away. I witnessed a six-foot-tall white rabbit with a dark vest facing the door to my pet rabbit's cage. I went into shock as I was beginning to be skeptical of such things as the Easter Bunny as I was aging out of the concept. I couldn't believe my eyes. I maintained a visual of the rabbit and pinched and slapped myself so hard to try and wake myself up. The pain confirmed I was not dreaming. I rubbed my eyes. The giant rabbit was still there. I threw open the single-pane window which led to the backyard facing the rabbit cage. I yelled at the rabbit, Hey, I see you. I tried to volley up into the window to leap out and run to the rabbit in my tidy whitey kid's underwear but couldn't make it up out the window. It turned, looked at me, and took a series of bounds at high speed into the forest. I called my little brother, and he arrived at the window as the giant rabbit disappeared into the Douglas firs. I woke my parents and even a neighbor. I quizzed them as to a possible Easter costume, but I knew no one could make leaps at that speed, nor have such a detailed costume, and why run for that matter. They all had a good laugh at my expense. I explored my pet rabbit's cage and surroundings, as well as the forest soon after trying to get a sense of what occurred. No tracks and no trace evidence were left behind. The memory haunts me to this day because of the absurdity of the situation. For some reason, I thought I would Google this strange experience, such as the one I had observed in my youth as it stands out in my mind to this day. Your witness's story came up in my feed and I have goosebumps as I write this. I am in disbelief and a little embarrassed, but feel compelled to tell you my story because this is beyond coincidence and indicates something bigger is going on. Currently, I am a retired police officer and forensic artist residing in central British Columbia. I have witnessed strange things in my life and career, but this childhood memory was so strange and not a hallucination. It feels like a relief to recount it, embarrassing or not. Thanks for your time. After the six-foot rabbit incident, I had a bizarre Mary Poppins song stuck in my head on repeat, and I could not shake it. It really made no sense as I was not a fan, and it was before my time. It was odd and ill-fitting for the occurrence, he added. The report referenced in the man's testimony came from Sharon, an Illinois woman who said that when she was eight or nine years old, she awoke early one Easter morning in 1961 or 1962 to see a six-foot-tall, white, bipedal rabbit wearing a black vest embroidered with multicolored glass beads hopping through her backyard. In further correspondence with investigator Tobias Wayland, the man noted some synchronicities between his and Sharon's experiences. What's very strange is the woman from her 1962 encounter had the same dog as me an Airedale Terrier and lived in a similar type of suburb and was close to the same age and circumstance, he said. Also, like the man, 
Sharon only submitted her report after seeing another article published by the Singular Fortean Society on a childhood sighting of the Easter Bunny. While rare, reported encounters with mythological beings associated with major holidays are not unheard of. This isn't a super scary experience or anything, but at the time I was like 10 or so it was pretty unnerving. So I was staying with my grandparents who lived pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and a dude knocked on their door. He asked for directions to town, but they lived on a dead-end road where the only way to get up there is to come from town, so he obviously knew where it was. They then pointed in the direction he needed to go, and then he said thanks. But instead of getting back into his car, he just ran off into the woods as fast as he could. They called the cops, but they never found him so we have no clue what happened. He left his car in their driveway and never came back for it. I grew up in a poor neighborhood in Fairbanks, Alaska. My friends and I used to play outside together quite a bit. In the summer, we'd stay up way too late. One such summer night, when I was about 16, a friend and I were bumming around the neighborhood and chatting. My friend claimed that a person could see further in the night if they lay in a prone position. I called BS, so naturally, we had to test it out. Before I continue, some context will help. We had lived in this neighborhood our whole lives. When we went to meet up to hang out, we would step outside, look down the street, and see each other coming from the other end of the street. I say this to impart to you the strong possibility that we have an accurate perception of depth, size, and walking speed in relation to the objects present in our neighborhood. So there we were two kids, lying in the middle of the road at night. Yes, we were incredibly stupid. We were looking off towards my house, which has exactly one intersection and exactly one street light visible in that direction. I was pretty content that I had won our little debate when a silhouette walked in front of that street light. It was generally humanoid but seemed to be very tall and lanky. Its head seemed vaguely ovoid, but the rest of its body seemed kind of stretched out too. Its movements were fluid and lithe. I don't know how to describe it exactly, smooth motions like if walking were swimming. It appeared to be highly efficient motions in a sense. The silhouette did not appear to be wearing any clothes. The hair on my neck stood up immediately, and I realized I was holding my breath with fear. It crossed the street very quickly, emerging from a set of pines on one side and disappearing into a set of pines on the other. It seemed to cross in three glide-like steps, lasting only a moment. So, much quicker than an adult human. My friend whispered in a panicked tone, Did you see that? I said that I had, and we agreed to get the hell out of there. We ran back to his house, locked the front door, then went to his room to bolt the windows and locked his bedroom door just to be on the safe side. Naturally, I decided to crash there, but we just stayed up talking about what we saw and what it could be. I've told this story a couple times, and people always blow me off. Which is fine. I can appreciate skepticism. But the extra weird part... For anyone that bothers to believe me, is that we met someone else in our town who experienced the same thing. That same friend and I eventually wound up working for a pizza restaurant together as young adults. We were telling our assistant manager, 
not much older than us, that same story. He looked super spooked as we talked about it, and when he finished he said he saw it once too, when he was walking home from a high school party. Once he saw it, he turned around and went back to the party to try to find a place to crash there, unpleasant as that was. So here I am. I mostly keep it to myself, but when people are willing to listen I share it with the general sense that if they make fun of me I'll be alright. My co-workers now are surprisingly cool with it. They don't believe me, but they bought me an X-Files mug that says, I want to believe, just to show that it's no big deal. Despite so many people telling me my brain was playing tricks on me, I still keep my ear to the ground about humanoids, ETS, supernatural phenomena, and the like. Seen a couple UFOs since then, but nothing big. This whole thing probably happened around six or seven years ago. I lived in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and had to make my own fun growing up. I was around 16 at the time and my friends and I decided to start ghost hunting on the weekends. We've experienced small stuff here and there nothing too insane until we went to Rogue's Hollow. Rogue's Hollow was this old mining town where there was fires, disease, etc. that eventually made the town cease to exist. It's now a national or state park, I'm not sure one of the two, but any who we decide it's worth exploring. First off, this place is in the middle of absolute nowhere. I drove a 98 Chrysler Concorde in those days, and it was an absolute chore getting there. The gang shows up. There's a total of four of us. It's getting pretty late, and we notice the house lodge where the park ranger stays, so we park a bit off to avoid getting caught. Didn't work out too well. Five minutes later we are being questioned by an old guy who was the lone park ranger. He ended up being pretty cool and ended up telling us some of his personal experiences. He said he would we could continue on if we promised not to do any witchcraft or satanic rituals. Apparently that was a big problem he was dealing with. At this point we ventured back into the woods where the town previously was at and stuff started getting weird. We could hear what sounded like pickaxes, men working in voices in a lot of different directions. Needless to say, we were getting a bit on edge. We decided to start recording on our little EVP device. We had I'll see if I can find it somewhere and upload some stuff. We were getting words like, fire, death, devil, collapse. Eventually we stumbled on an old house. It definitely wasn't inhabitable and was about 50% burnt down. One of the others and myself decided to go inside of the house while the other two stayed back. As we approached the door we turned back to our friends to give the old wishes luck, and they were sheet white looking at the second story of the building. Directly above us looking out the window down at us was a man from the shoulders up and slightly transparent. He then disappeared, not leaning back into the house, just boom gone. Usain Bolt would have been proud of my sprint time leaving that place. Fast forward to the next day, and we decide to go back the next day and explore in broad daylight. We were walking two groups of two about ten yards apart one in front of the other. I was in the back too, about one hundred yards into the wood line, and all of a sudden my friend and I both get grabbed on our shoulder, simultaneously hearing a very soft but distinct hello. At the same time we turned and booked it out of there. 
I haven't been back since. If you guys like this, I'll post more of our ghost hunting experiences in the future. I had the most frightening encounter while fishing on a lake in northern Minnesota in a rowboat. Late one night, I saw something appear above the tree line at the end of the bay. It was cold and it had a weird shape. Then it dropped down above the water and flew directly over my head at UFO speed and stopped. Not knowing what it was, I just glanced up and saw a pure evil mass hovering above my head. I got a feeling of dread as soon as I made eye contact and thought my life was over. Several things went through my mind. That second I thought maybe I was about to be abducted, even though I'd never heard of UFOs looking like a black cloud, and that the only thing that I could do to save myself was to pray to God and I did. It hovered for about 20 seconds and then flew off exactly the same way it flew out. This was also seen by a friend from shore having a smoke out on his dock, looking for me. As soon as it left, I frantically paddled my way back to shore, looking back thinking that it could return. Words can't explain the level of terror that I had that night. It was pure evil and still haunts me to this day. Just not knowing what it was still bothers me because what I saw that night doesn't exist in our world, but it was real. My friend and I sat at the kitchen table asking each other what that was. Nothing comes to mind that's what's so troubling. This changed my life forever. I never go outdoors at night by myself anymore, worrying that it might return. After that night, I went through some of the hardest times of my life. Strings of bad luck. I ended up getting fired at work and lost my house and also had heart issues and nearly lost my life. This all happened after that night. It was like an attachment. I still look up to the sky whenever I'm out at night fearing it might return. All I know is that whatever it was, it had to have come from a different dimension because what I saw that night just doesn't exist in our world. I'd only glanced at it for a few seconds, but that was enough to know it was pure evil because when you're not a religious person and you think the only thing that can save you at that moment is to pray to God, then you know you're scared. It looked like a black cloud moving, like it was alive. It was about 20 feet by maybe 15 feet wide. I had my two dogs with me that night, and they were so scared they were trying to hide under my legs. When this happened, they were so scared they jumped out of the boats when we got close to shore. So I landed in my muck up to my knees and couldn't get to shore fast enough. When I ran up to the cabin, the door was locked so I pounded on the door until he opened it. Not knowing my friend had seen it from the dock, I came in with mud up to my knees and he didn't even notice. That's when I noticed his hands were trembling from fear, so I asked him what was wrong, before even telling him of my encounter. He told me what he saw from the dock. It was exactly what I had seen hovering over my head. We spent the rest of the night drinking at the table trying to make sense of what had happened, but couldn't come up with explanations. Since that night he won't ever spend any time at his cabin anymore, and you couldn't pay me enough money to ever return. I and two other guys were moving cattle from the eastern side of Bighorn National Forest, Wyoming. We got up early one morning and started working just as dawn was breaking. At one point, 
three of us saw this tall, thick creature standing along the forest edge watching us. One guy took three shots at it about fifty yards away with a thirty-slash-thirty. 30. It screamed and we heard others crashing in the bush. We got our things together quickly as I wanted to lead our horses away from the wood line to give ourselves an edge in case we got charged. We would have more time to act and our feet would be on the ground in case of an attack moving south along the edge of the forest. We could occasionally hear something moving along with us. We turned east heading for the town and found a group of hunters camped out. So I decided to make camp with them. I felt like I had to tell the guide what was up. I didn't want to bring any problems to their camp, but I felt like I didn't have much of a choice. That night we sat and listened to something a ways off just wailing for hours. Thankfully the guide had no problem helping us and most of all he was glad we told him nothing happened that night. The guy who shot at the thing quit as soon as we got back and we never heard from him again. I will say I feel if we hadn't found a hunting party we would have had a fight on our hands. That was in 1979 and I'll never forget the sounds these things make. My name is Nathan, and I am a researcher on the subject of Bigfoot sightings. Over the years, I have heard countless stories about encounters with these elusive creatures, but one story in particular has always stood out to me. It's the story of Hav Tran and his encounter with two Bigfeet in the Deschutes National Forest. I first heard about this incident through a mutual friend of Hav's, who put me in touch with him. After weeks of trying to arrange a meeting, I finally got the chance to sit down with Hav and hear his story in person. Hav was hesitant to speak at first, but as I explained my interest in the subject and my willingness to keep his identity confidential, he began to open up. He told me about how he and his wife were avid hikers and would often venture out into the wilderness to explore. On July 13, 1996, Hav and his friend Dustin were hiking up a steep slope in the Deschutes National Forest when Hav slipped and broke his leg. He passed out from the pain, but when he regained consciousness, he was face to face with two big feet. The creatures were massive, standing at seven half to eight feet tall with broad shoulders and large feet. One was a gray-white color, while the other was a sandy gray with a white ruff on its head. Have couldn't tell if they were male or female due to their hairiness, but he could see that they had small mouths and no whites in their eyes. The big feet were making noises at each other, but Half couldn't understand what they were saying. He passed out again and when he woke up, he was lying on the ground near his wife, who had been waiting for him at the trailhead. She told him that two ape men had carried him out of the forest and left him there. Hav's wife described the creatures as horribly ugly with long hair, except on their faces, heads, and feet. She was visibly shaken by the encounter, and Hav was left with a broken leg, a story that no one would believe, and a sense of unease that would stay with him for the rest of his life. As I listened to Hav's story, I couldn't help but feel a sense of awe and wonder. Here was a man who had come face to face with one of the greatest mysteries of our time, and yet he was met with skepticism and disbelief. I knew that I had to keep his story alive, to share it with others who were just as fascinated by the unknown as I was. But when I tried to contact Hav again a few months later, I found out that he had moved without leaving a forwarding address. 
it was as if he had disappeared, leaving behind only his incredible story and a sense of mystery that would linger for years to come. To this day, I continue to search for answers about Bigfoot and the many other unexplained phenomena that surround us. And while I may never know the truth about Hav's encounter, I will always be grateful for the chance to hear his incredible story and to be reminded that there is still so much we don't know about the world around us. My name is Dustin Anderson, and I have been an avid motorcycle enthusiast for as long as I can remember. One day, my friend Dustin Everenden and I were out riding when we decided to stop and take a break. We had been riding for hours, and our bodies were sore and tired. As we sat there, enjoying the stunning view of the valley below us, something caught our eye. It was a large animal, standing about six to seven feet tall, with broad shoulders and walking on two legs. At first, we thought it was just a bear or some other large animal, but as we watched it, we realized that it was something else entirely. The creature got up from where it was sitting and began to walk around on two feet. We could see it clearly now, and it was like nothing we had ever seen before. It had long, shaggy hair and massive hands that almost dragged on the ground. As we watched, the creature sat down on a nearby stump, seemingly unaware of our presence. We were both frozen in shock and fear, not knowing what to do. We knew that we should have just gotten on our bikes and left, but something about the creature's presence had us rooted to the spot. We watched it for what felt like hours, and then finally, we decided that we had to go. We didn't want to risk getting too close to the creature, as we didn't know how it would react. We got on our bikes and sped away, our hearts racing with fear and adrenaline. As we rode away, I couldn't shake the feeling that we had just witnessed something truly extraordinary. I knew that what we had seen was real, but I also knew that no one would believe us if we told them. We tried to put the incident behind us and go about our lives as usual, but the memory of the creature haunted us both. We couldn't stop thinking about it, wondering what it was and where it came from. Months went by, and we didn't see or hear anything about the creature again. But then one day, we received a strange message on our phones. It was a video of the creature we had seen, captured from a different angle. We couldn't believe it. Someone else had seen the creature too, and they had proof. We tried to investigate further, but the trail went cold. It was as if the creature had disappeared without a trace. To this day, I still think about that day on the mountain and the creature we saw. It's a memory that will stay with me forever, and one that I will never forget. What convinced me was I saw it happened and my cousin saw it with me. We were cruising through some rural areas in my cousin's car, and I want to say it was about 1 or 2 a.m. We weren't smoking or drinking, but just having a nice cruise. We went on this road that went through some heavy woods, but we did it before so we had no fear. It was dark, of course, no moon with just a slight sprinkle of rain. We were coming to this part in the woods where there was a street light, but it was an old light and was starting to dim out. There used to be an old building there, but was torn down, but the light stayed up for a few years. Mind you, this was very rural and no one lived nearby for maybe 20 miles, 
so it was extremely rare for you to pass another car, let alone another person at this time. It didn't help that the locals said stay out of the woods at night. I was just looking out my window at the woods, and when we were coming up to the light, next thing I know, the car does a movie turn like stomp on the brakes to a 180 and freaking burned rubber the other way. I get weirded out and look back to the car, and I see the road illuminated by the street light, and I see this massive black figure beside the road. It takes one step, and it's in the middle of the road, another step, and it's already on the other side. Immediately, I look forward scared out of my mind and look at my cousin, and I see the intense fear on his face. We don't say a word to each other, and he drops me off. I stay up till sunrise and finally go to sleep. Funny now that I think about it, we never talked about once not after it happened. But yeah, we saw Bigfoot, and the locals do tell very similar stories. My father is a lorry driver in Europe, and I used to keep him company during summertime when I was still at school age. There was a one night that I remember correctly. It was like 1-2 a.m. in Latvia when I saw this guy in a black hat standing next to the road and trying to hitchhike. We missed him and I asked my father why didn't we stop to help him it was raining heavily. He said that it is not safe and we just went past him. But in like 30 minutes there was the same guy standing on the side of the road. I was like 12 back then. I told my father and he just stated that this was a coincidence and we went past him again. But in like again 40-50 minutes there was the same guy this time waving at us. I was sure it was him again but my father said nothing and told me to go to sleep. That is one of strange things I saw during my escapades with my father. He doesn't want to talk about that one ever. I was spiked out in the Russian wilderness and woken up at about 2 a.m. by a sound that was just like a baby whimpering and crying. As the father of three, I think there's something etched in my survival instinct that's triggered by the sound of a baby crying in the night. My eyes burst open the size of saucers straining to see beyond the darkness at the horror. I knew had to be there staring at me. I laid there frozen for what seemed like minutes trying to wrap my brain around how a baby could be crying in the middle of wilderness. Mere feet from my bivy nonetheless. I picked up my headlamp and turned it on expecting this to be the last memory I'd ever have. Before the child of Satan devoured me, I scanned the slope behind my camp looking for anything that could be holding a crying baby. A deranged killer, a zombie mother, a rabid mountain lion. I remember the sound changing from a crying to almost an alien language that included little beeps and clicks. It was about two or three minutes of this not-stop madness before something below the fan of my light caught my eye. I turned my headlamp toward the ground and there, about three yards away, was what looked like an all-brown guinea pig. Now I'm really baffled, how the hell did a guinea pig get loose out here? Well, it eventually ran down a burrow below a tree stump, and I never saw it again. I was still camped out for another two or three days before heading home, then spent the next week googling. Brown guinea pig in the wilderness. Finally, the mystery was solved. It was a mountain beaver. It's easy to find a picture of one, but really hard to find the sound one makes when you're googling for guinea pigs in the wilderness.